0: You're listening to B2B Tech Talk with Ingram Micro, a place to learn about how to grow your business and stay ahead of technological advances before they become mainstream. This episode is sponsored by Ingram Micro's Xvantage, the next level way to transform your business's potential and reshape how customers see you through advanced transactional data. Let's get into it. Welcome to B2B Tech Talk with Ingram Micro. I'm your host, Shelby Skurhawk, and our guest today is Rick Smith, Director of Business Development for ELO. Rick, welcome.
1: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, so today uh, we are talking about what's trending in point of sale. So Rick, you know, you've know you worked in and around point of sale systems for, for, uh, for 20 or 30 years, right? So you've seen this technology and how it's evolved. Um, so first, for uh, comparison's sake, uh, what were the initial POS systems that you worked with and, and what's the standard today?
1: Sure. Thank you for asking that. Um, So, yeah, I've been in this industry for quite some time, starting from even prior to being in point-of-sale, I was still point-of-sale adjacent where I worked on the peripheral side uh, with a company called Symbol Technologies, and then I moved into more of the the traditional point-of-sale companies. So when I got my start, there was really only a handful of widely deployed POS systems, um, they were typically a one-size-fits-all application. They had limited third-party integrations and, and were typically housed on a, on a limited number of hardware options as well. Um, applications were built with some pretty heavy database systems behind them. Um, and as a result of that, they were very processor intensive, uh, requiring those companies to, to limit the number of hardware options that they had. Um, and then today, you know, that's kind of changed to where the applications have become a little bit lighter and opened up for a lot more competition in the point of sale industry. And competition is great because it, it gives our retailers more options. And, and with those options becomes, a you know, a more customizable solution and, and then typically also a better price.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're able to to kind of give us that that retrospective because it's interesting to see that how far it's come. So um, you know retail and uh, you know, hospitality industries they they've they've used these older legacy products you know for the printing labels and, and receipts, sending orders, that sort of thing. But um, Elo is seeing a lot of businesses moving towards cloud-based. POS systems now. So why is this move to cloud-based systems uh, such an emerging trend?
1: Thank you. I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, You know, starting off in 2004, PCI compliance became mandatory. And so a few years after that, we started getting a little bit smarter about how we're doing things because of all the PCI risks and trying to make that as secure of a platform as possible. So what started happening you know, shortly after that was moving the payment arm out of point of sale and into these third party devices that are there okay. specifically to do payment. So then became, now that payment is removed from point of sale, um, it it while we always want every system in our store to be secure, uh, security became a little bit less important maybe not important but um, the the stress of security went to that payment device rather than yes. the point of sale so we were able to now open up the point of sale to say it can be a much lighter application we database technology has really improved we can now host these central databases you know, in the on the internet in the cloud um, and 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 there's not as processor intensive queries on running database work to, to see what was actually going to function. So with all that really set up the point of sale industry to say, now we can move everything above store, essentially have a lighter application in store that opens up our options on hardware um, and, and makes it a, a much more seamless Interaction. So when we want to change something in our point of sale, now we change it in one place and everybody that needs that change is going to get that change. Uh, you know, back in my day, we were making a change and then literally five of us would dial into every location that needed uh-huh. that change and, and make that change. Um, so it's become much smarter and much lighter. Uh, it was really interesting that, uh, I was looking at a report recently on the state of the industry and point of sale, right? Uh, it measures deployments and installations. And 2022 was the first time that out of all POS implementations for 2022, 51% of them were cloud based point of sale systems ah. uh, over legacy. And that's the first time that cloud has surpassed legacy in, in total number of deployments. Uh, the expectation, the way that's trending, uh, they expect by the next three years that 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 becomes more like eighty eighty five percent, but it, it's a pretty exciting time, and and to see the cloud based systems um, take that first step of becoming the majority is is tremendous.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well uh, that that is interesting, and with these cloud based systems, then I mean that has enabled this uh, new wave of. Uh, more mobile or kind of handheld uh, POS system. So uh, I wonder if you could tell us, like, how are these handhelds really boosting efficiency for for retailers? Like, I wonder if you can kind of give us an example.
1: Sure. Yeah. So if there's anything that we've learned over the past three years, um, it's that our operations need to be flexible. Uh, and I'm talking uh, everybody, especially the retailers, uh, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a retail location, we just don't know tomorrow even how our operations may change and how we need to react to that. So mobile-based POS has, has really made that a possibility. You know, more and more retailers retailers operate, you know, a calculated percentage of how many of their point of sale lanes are open at any given time. You know, that's based on sales history. That's based on, you know, just do I have enough labor? Did someone call off? Um, those types of situations. But then sometimes we're met with a surprise. You know, sometimes the surprise is a worldwide pandemic that nobody's allowed in the store. And sometimes it's just that a bus showed up and now I have more shoppers than I expected, right? Yeah. Um, so in these environments, typically they have point of sale systems and in all these sections of their stores where they could possibly need to, to bring somebody up or to, to execute a, a business plan, right? That's a lot of investment because now, while i might have five traditional point of sale systems running i could have 20 installed in my store um so with mobile point of sale one thing that's happening today is the ability to what i like to say is undock and walk so if i'm running my point of sale on a mobile handheld it's in a docking station on let's just call it a 15 inch touchscreen monitor um one cable can connect everything so it's very simple but now business changes and instead of standing at the front of the store. I need to send somebody out to the garden center or outside for a, for a buy online pickup in store or buy online pickup a curbside solution. So I can literally undock that same handheld and take mm-hmm. the core of my investment and walk outside, walk to another section of the store and still continue to service the customer.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, um, what about hybrid POS systems? Like uh, just... Within this space that we were talking about, you know, the traditional legacy systems and and handhelds, uh, what are they, and I guess how are they being used, and what's the trend there?
1: Sure. So, I, I want to be clear when when uh, when we're thinking of hybrid in this aspect. Um, initially, if if we hear the word hybrid point of sale, we start thinking of okay. Sometimes this is uh, an associate facing point of sale. And then maybe I can flip it over and it becomes a customer-facing self-checkout, right? Um, very valid solution, uh, but not what we're referring to as hybrid. Got it. Uh, so okay. I just want to make sure that you know, everyone, all the listeners are on the same page with that. Um, when I refer to that one, it's I refer to that as convertible point of sale. Okay. So hybrid point of sale is more of a, a concept that takes those cloud and mobile-based systems to the next level. So as we said, now our database has moved above store. So I refer to that as our set of truth. So that set of truth is going to hold information like inventory and pricing, uh, any sales or specials that might be happening. Um, So when a a consumer walks into my store, if they're on their mobile phone on my app and shopping, they're going to have the same experience as if they walked around, picked something up and took it to the front end for a, a traditional point of sale checkout. They're also going to have the same experience if they need to grab an associate to say, Hey, I, It uh, this happens a lot with large items. So I want the 65 inch television, which obviously is not right there on the floor. Um, do you have it in stock? Well, now the associate takes his or her mobile handheld. That's, mm-hmm. um, the store driven device, and they have the same information at their fingertips. So now that everybody's on the same page, it makes it a, a much more pleasurable shopping experience for the consumer, as well as a more efficient system because um, there's never a question on is or one of these systems telling someone something that another one is not.
0: Right. So uh, that it central really set comes of into play.
1: Right. So it really comes into play when we're talking endless aisle. You know, it's really important that endless aisle knows my inventory, uh, but it also knows the store five miles away's inventory, and it needs to be accurate because. A consumer may want an item and then drive that five miles. And the worst thing we want we want to have happen is for that consumer to get to the next store and they're also out of stock.
0: Right, right. And and of course the endless aisle. You know this this ability of of being able to shop for things that are not uh, not there in store, but you know being able to order that online and and you know whatever system they have set up for that. You know they're able to uh, to to have this seamless shopping experience. Right,
1: right. Right. And then from the store's perspective, they can also ensure that the uh, revenue that is credited for that sale goes to the correct store.
0: Got it. Um, Got it. So
1: historically, a lot of stores would would not like Endless Isle because they, yeah, they, they wanted the revenue. They didn't want the store five miles away. So now with this hybrid point-of-sale infrastructure, um, they can determine who deserves the revenue. And in a lot of cases, it ends up being a split revenue, which was unheard of.
0: Prior. Right. Right. Uh, what about uh, third party applications and then integrations in the store? You know, what is, what is ELO seeing there?
1: There are more and more third party integrations today than, than there ever have been. That is going to continue to trend up. So, you know, thinking back to, to your first question, when I got my start in this field 20 or 30 years ago, um, we had, you know, if you are a restaurant, you basically were gonna choose Aloha, Micros, or one or two flex maybe one or two others, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and today they have options on their core point of sale that are probably a hundred or hundreds of options. But then you take that next step, um, if this was 20 years ago and now I wanted to implement a kiosk, I would be limited to whoever my point of sales kiosk was. Yeah. Today with everything moving cloud-based and these integrations becoming much more open, um, not, not only do I not need to choose my point of sale providers kiosk implementation, I have maybe another 500 I could choose from. <laughs> um, typically they'll narrow it down and say, these are my top, five that I wanna do a proof of concept with. But what, what ends up happening is you get really more of a, a customized experience. You, know, you can have the integrations that are important to you and in the way that they're gonna function for your business. It's not just that one size fits all anymore. Um, you're open to making a system truly your own no matter what name's floating on the screen in front of you.
0: Right, 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 right. Speaking of that uh, that name uh, that's floating on the screen in front of you, you know. So uh, let's talk about Elo then, and kind of the place in the market today. I mean, I know you're you're best known for the touchscreen, but uh, you're you're doing more than than that nowadays, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So obviously, we have been the leaders in, in touch technology since our founder in 1971 helped to invent the first touchscreen. Um, so there's there's nobody that's been it's just not possible for anyone to be doing touch longer than us because yeah. you know, we're there on day one. Um, we still have over 400 patents when it comes to touch technologies, but we really, really have taken that next step uh, of offerings that retailers can use. We've become that full service and full product uh, company. We are doing a tremendous amount of compute today and both an Android and an Intel based compute solution so whether it's a Windows Linux solution or or an Android for enterprise solution uh, you know, we, we revolutionized Android for commercial businesses you know Android was always a, a terrific consumer based uh, operating system for mobile phones for tablets those types of things and you know however many years ago it was now we, we actually became the first commercially approved Android enterprise Device, um, we are, I believe we still may be the o- the only Android certified company that has uh, fixed devices rather than only battery driven devices. Oh, okay. um, so we really have taken that leap forward. A lot of the largest retailers in the world are are using our compute solutions for you know, everything in the store: price checking, point of sale, self checkout, time clocks in the back, uh, inventory control. Um, we've really really broaden that horizon of offerings, uh, as well as peripherals. So we, we've we always done a great job of offering peripherals that go along with our self-service or our point-of-sale solutions. Uh, and uh, in most of those cases, uh, peripherals are a partnership that we have with, you know, a number of different companies. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things that I truly enjoy about Elo the most is, you know, we're great at what we're great at. We don't try to reinvent the wheel. And we also don't want to cause the retailers more work. If if they already support, for example, Epson printers in their infrastructure, then why do we want to make a ELO printer? That's just a peripheral that we're better partnering with and making sure that we can house and support them than, than reinventing the wheel.
0: Right, right. And that that's uh, that's a good consideration there. Well, so um, as, we, as we start to wrap up our episode, I maybe mean, we always ask our guests the same final question, and that's where do you see technology going in the next year? But I wonder if I can ask uh, a more specific offshoot of that. Um, where will the retail associate be this time next year in terms of uh, this adoption of self-checkout and, and kind of uh, the idea that they're, they're maybe being pushed out from behind the register?
1: Sure. Um- That's a a conversation I have every day of my life. (laughs) Uh, I I deal a lot in self-service, so um, it's something i put a tremendous amount of thought into. Um, We're going to continue to see more self-checkout options. That's just a fact. Um, If you look at any trending reports, uh, the consumers are requiring retailers to have those options. They are finding it a more convenient way to shop. Uh, It started off, It really started trending heavily after 2020 because that was the only option we could do. We weren't allowed to be face-to-face. But everything you look at today says that the consumer wants it to continue. No matter what the age range, they're just finding self-checkout to be more convenient. Now that doesn't mean that there's gonna be less associates in the store. It just means that we're repurposing what those associates are doing. So instead of standing behind the point of sale, either checking people out or waiting to check people out. They're now out in front. Sometimes they're assisting consumers with a product. Sometimes they're just greeting. If it's a restaurant, it maybe they're going back and forth and offering condiments or refills on drinks. If it's a retailer, there's more people out to answer questions in the store than there would be if, if we needed more people to stand behind the point of sale. Um, it's another big reason we see stores that implement self-service and this is um consistent across retail and restaurant really stores that have either self-checkout or self-order when you look at their customer satisfaction scores against the rest of that environment so i do a lot of comparisons on stores with self-service versus stores without the customer satisfaction scores in stores with self-service are almost always higher than a store without. And it's because we're spending more quality time with the customer instead of just that transactional period where we all know what it's like if you go to, let's just call it a grocery store. If you go to a grocery store and there's a line of five or six people in front of you, when I get to the register, I'm focused. I feel pressure to be as fast as I can to get that associate all my information and to pay and leave. Yeah. And and now when that associate's out in the store with me, I can have a conversation. I can feel free to ask the questions that I want to ask and get the answers that I need to get. Um, so so you really, you do end up with, with a more satisfied customer. So I think we'll continue to see a transition, more, more consumer-facing roles than there are um, just standing behind a, a POS register. Now, there's always going to be the need to have people behind a POS register as well. Um, we don't. We don't see that the that the industry is going to go 100 percent self service. Um, there's always going to be a split, and and I love to say that we need to feel we need to meet our customers where they feel safe and convenient. Right. So if they want to check out at an, with an associate, they should have that option. But if they want to do self checkout, they should have that option as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, much that's like a huge thing,
1: right? And much like the banking industry when we when. ATMs first started going out, we thought it was the end of the bankers, right? And there's just as many people working in a bank today as there ever has been. Um, it's just another convenient way of either getting transactions off hours or, or if you just need some cash to get to your next appointment. Uh, it's just a, a convenient way of doing it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, if listeners have any questions about something that uh, that we mentioned or talked about today, how can they reach out?
1: So a great place to start is with your uh, Ingram Micro contact, or you can email teamelo at ingrammicro.com. The Ingram team has full access to a a, uh, plethora of Elo contacts. So if there are any Elo-specific questions, they likely already have the answer. If they don't, they can pull one of the Elo folks in. Uh, I'm always happy to answer any questions. I am on the road a lot, um, but I am always active on linkedin and checking my messages daily so you can always look for me rick smith uh i'm the only rick smith at elos uh which is (laughs) ironic you know usually there's more of me (laughs) but if you find me on linkedin feel free to connect feel free to shoot me any messages if you want to have a further conversation that's a great way to to reach out to me and, and then i can give you uh some more detailed contact information at that point
0: perfect perfect well rick i appreciate your time and insight today thank you so much for joining me
1: I really appreciate the invite. Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And thank you listeners for tuning in and subscribing to B2B Tech Talk with Ingram Micro. If you like this episode or have a question, please join the discussion on Twitter with the hashtag B2B Tech Talk. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk. You've been listening to B2B Tech Talk by Ingram Micro. This episode was sponsored by Ingram Micro X-Vantage. B2B Tech Talk is a joint production between Sweetfish Media and Ingram Micro. To listen to this episode and many others, visit ingrammicro.com.